0: Welcome to Down by the Bank, Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode 19. This is Corey. Derek is not available tonight due to some work obligations, but we do have a special episode looking forward to the Houston Texans game this coming Sunday. Um, we have a special guest, Matt Weston from SB Nation's Houston Texans website, Battle Red Blog. Hey, Matt, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Awesome. I appreciate you joining us. He writes for the website. He also hosts a podcast, Battle Red Radio, which I think actually had an episode out today, right? You guys put an episode out today?
1: Yes, we did. And we reviewed the Texans at the halfway part of the season, gave out some imaginary awards, and then previewed the Jaguars game for about 10 minutes or so and gave our predictions.
0: When you say imaginary awards, what kind
1: of awards are you guys giving out? Oh, we did things like the most disappointing thing this year uh our favorite uh, like internet content you know, texans related uh mvp just things that really have you know, zero like physical presence in reality or matter whatsoever.
0: <laughs> okay. We might have to copy that. I don't know. Cause we're probably going to do a mid-year review episode coming up soon. So, uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll link up to, uh, to Matt's work, um, in the episode description as well as on Facebook and Twitter. So you guys can check that out. Um, and uh, he's also on Twitter and I think your handle is at MBW987. Um, so, uh, if you guys want to have a follow for the Texans, just to kind of scout them out, since they're a divisional opponent, you can follow Matt on there as well. Um, so to just to kind of get into it, um, you know, it's the midpoint of the season. Uh, Texans are five and three. You guys are in first place in the division. Um, all of which I have to tell you, we're extremely envious of at this point in the year. Um, what do you think's contributed to their record at this point, And, uh, how do you project them finishing out the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, I just wrote a number is posted today where I looked at the last eight week, out the last eight weeks, looked at you know DVOA, one position record, regression numbers, uh, kind of like where the where they're throwing and running in certain spots of the field, just how individual players are performing. I just looked at all the numbers that I know about and you know what you know, usually makes sense to me and what is showing you know, some protective value in the future. And so I think the biggest thing about the Texans is that they haven't played that well and yet they're still five and three. And the biggest reason for that is that. They have won four one possession games, so they beat Detroit by one possession, Tennessee by one possession, Indy by one possession, and Kansas City by one possession. And these games are usually coin tosses, and Houston was lucky enough to come up and you know, hit heads four times in a row. And I think that's the thing about it. it's like they're you know thirty second offensive DVOA. I think they were thirtieth in DVOA entering tonight. their last in special teams DVOA. Their defense has been the only, like, strong part of this team whatsoever. But other than that, they really haven't played well, and they've been lucky by the schedule in some ways, the division, and then just winning close games. Right. Yeah,
0: that must be nice because I can tell you we are not doing that this year. So, uh, again, very envious of that. And uh Brock uh, Osweiler, you know, he seems like just based on the statistics that I've, I've looked at, just, you know, basic stats that he's been kind of average this year, uh nine touchdowns, nine interceptions – uh, I was looking on, I think it was HoustonPress.com today, just one of your guys, I guess, local media sites, and they said that he was ranked 29th out of 32 starting quarterbacks in ESPN's QBR rating. So um one, I guess, do you agree with the fact that he is struggling and uh, what would you attribute it to, Um especially considering it's a Texans' $72 million investment right there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's been much worse than average. I think he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I have some numbers if you want to hear some some good numbers that sure. I looked at earlier today. Sure. So right now he's 27th in completion percentage, 59.3%. 30th in longest completion, 53 yards. 32nd yards in 10, 5.8. Uh, 31st in yards at completion, 9.8. 28th in yards a game, 214.9. 30th in quarterback rating, 73.1. 30th in QBR of 50. 32nd in adjusted net yards per attempt, 437 32nd DYAR, negative 385, which measures total value from football outsiders. 32nd DVA, negative 28.4%, which measures efficiency from football outsiders. He's also tied for third most interceptions, like you said, with nine. And so, I mean, he's been much, much, much worse than average. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league this year. (laughs) And, I mean, I think the biggest – there's just like so many different things. You guys watched the Jaguars play Nick Foles last week. And Osweiler looks just like Nick Foles does right now, where he's overreacting to pressure – He has a good arm, but ever since the team has started playing two safeties back there, he's been afraid to throw deep. And when he's thrown deep, he hasn't had very much success. So, so much of the games have just been dump offs for, you know, four yards. Like, for example, against Denver. He averaged less than five yards in attempt. He threw a fumble farther than his average completion that game of seven yards, <laughs> and he's just throwing these flats to you know these guys who can't do much of the ball like Ryan Griffin and you know Fedorowitz and you Jalen know, Strong like slower receivers who aren't going to break tackles for you. And I think the biggest problem is just ball placement and not necessarily accuracy, but he just can't place the ball to a spot. And so he's constantly overthrowing guys. He's throwing behind guys. He can't lead them. He, he'll have a near, he'll have a, a window to make a throw and he'll just miss that window. And that's what it's led to a lot of his interceptions. He also doesn't really throw guys open. And so I think once the deep ball passing, you completely went away. Everything else became so much more closeted in. And it's just really hampered like everything that he's done since those first two weeks.
0: Yeah, hearing you, uh, reel off those statistics, I immediately regretted putting the word average in the, uh, the little script that I have here. So, uh, (laughs) I take that back. That sounds pretty pretty bad, actually.
1: Well, it's all right. Just gotta, you know, spread the word, like Johnny Appleseed, about how bad Oswald has been this year. (laughs) It seems kinda, and I don't know. I mean, again, I, I don't follow them
0: as closely as you do, but I don't know. I mean, is it, is it the offense? Because you figure with like DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller having a good season. I mean, You'd expect Osweiler to be playing
1: a little bit better, but is it just all on him? I mean, I think it's him and also the scheme. You know, Bill O'Brien has done things like not—he's been you know having Lamar Miller run up the middle a lot, for example. And he's not in between the tackles runner; he's a you know zone outside zone back who wants to cut back and make yards in space. Uh, and then with you know with Osweiler, they're not doing things like throwing play action passes, like intermediate. Everything's deep or short. I think there's uh, some route combinations they can do better, like getting Wolf Fuller shorter passes because he can actually do things, you know, with quick passes and put him in the slot instead of putting him outside one versus one coverage and giving Osweiler some harder throws. But I mean, I think it's, I mean, the majority of it is probably Osweiler though. You know, Bill O'Brien has been the best at setting him up. Bill Bryne's just trying really hard to score 20 points and win games rather than you completely. I think it's kind of put some chains on the offense in some ways, but the majority of it has been Osweiler. And you asked earlier, you know. Texans fans or the management group should be uneasy about it. And I think in, they are because they expected this team to win now and win next year and win the year after that and just be a franchise quarterback. And so I think it's – the problem is like they built two years up of their seasons for Oswaller to make an impact on offense and it hasn't worked. But then again, like after a year and a half, if he's still this bad, they can cut him and then go find somebody else.
0: Right, right. So like on the defensive side, you know, J.J. Watt, obviously that's a huge loss. Um, yet when I was looking at it today, the team defensively, which I didn't even realize actually ranks number five in total defense in the NFL. Uh, I was reading a mid-year kind of review type article about how I guess uh, Clowney is is contributing more so. Um, you know, in your opinion, who are some of the key players in the Houston's defense uh, that the Jaguars fans need to pay close attention to on Sunday?
1: Yeah, and the running game. I was looking at the numbers, the Texans are one of the they're in the bottom, you know, six or seven spots in the league at every position, running of the line of scrimmage. Aside from left tackle, because Clowney plays right defensive end, and they're best in the league at stopping runs or right defensive end position, according to you know yards per carry. And so all teams are really doing is just running everywhere other than Clowney. And Clowney's a freak athlete. He can make tackles from the backside, but he's not waddish in the way where he can consistently every single play disrupt plays no matter where he's in the line of scrimmage. So, Clinton is a big one, especially in the run game, because you can't really run at him. But everywhere else in the line of scrimmage, it's just been kind of, you know, seeping from there. Woody Merciless is another guy. He's played outside linebacker. I'm sure all Jaguars fans remember him from last year in week 17 when Merciless had like three sacks against Luke Jokel. And Luke Jokel, I, f- I found, was an average offensive tackle in the film I watched on him. But uh, Merciless is just, he's you know, really good with the rib technique, and uh, he's really strong, and he's really had a, a good year these last two years. So he's another guy to watch out for. And him and Clowney are the only guys who can rush the passer. But, again, the run defense is a big problem. And then the secondary, A.J. Bouye, a, he was a quarterback number four and kind of got thrown in the cornerback number two position after injuries with Kareem Jackson, who's back down the slot. And then Kevin Johnson, their second-year cornerback, he's out for the year with the foot injury. And Bouye's been – yeah, I, I was looking at the numbers, and he's he's, only, he's been targeted 30 times. But he has a success rate, I think, of 63%. He's only giving up 1.1 yards after the catch. And he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, looking at those charting stats. And also, even if you're into pro football Focus, you know ratings, I I like their raw stats, but they're great so much. But if you're into that sort of thing, he's really high up there too. So Bouye's been a really great uh, number two quarterback. And also, Andre Howell doesn't have the interceptions, which is what all safeties are measured over. But the Texans aren't giving up deep passing plays, and Howell's been a big reason for that. He's quick enough to help out on you know deep passing plays. And he's also really good at you know breaking on the ball. I know he last year he had a big pick you know, on Bortles in the end zone. I think that could be another week where you know Bortles is very mistake prone. He makes dumb decisions. I think Andre Howe could have his you know I think his first interception this year or his second one uh, in this game, he's somebody to watch out for too as well. But Clowney, Merciless, AJ Bouye and Andre Howe are the four big guys to kind of watch for in this one.
0: Yeah, and kind of as a follow-up question to that, have you had a, a chance to really look at the Jags' offense to see how they match up against you guys defensively?
1: Yeah, well, I, well I'm well, i writing a power rankings article where I write about four teams every single week and then just kind of rank them from there. And whether, do, whether it's numbers or like an essay or film analysis, just kind of paying what I want to do. And I've been watching the Jags a lot this year. I've been watching a lot of condensed games. And I think the problem is that the Jaguars just aren't a good running team. And I think if you're running the ball well between the tackles, you have a lot of success against Houston. You know, Vince Wilfork isn't good. They are pretty much don't have anybody even playing the left defensive end spot. And the Jags had a big game on the ground last year against Kansas City's good run defense. And um, there are some really big holes. Like, I didn't see Ivory like break a ton of tackles, but like he was decisive running forward. But they were opening up some holes. So if the Jaguars interior blocking actually performs well this Sunday, that's one spot where I think they can you know really uh, have a chance to beat Houston. And then the passing game, you know, Allen Robinson and Hearns and the Marquise Lee's been very good this year. Uh, Those are, like, really great receivers who can get open against anybody. And if Bortles can, you know, not make bad mistakes and maybe make, like, the four throws needed in this game, Jacksonville could easily win this one.
0: Yeah. Random fun fact, and you won't care about this at all. And really it's not that relevant, but I saw on Reddit today and actually just pulled it up just now. Marquis Lee has 442 yards a season. Alan Robinson has 442 yards a season and Alan Hearns has
1: 443. That's pretty
0: so, cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that's the cool kind of statistics that I throw out there and compared to all your analytics that, <laughs> that you've been throwing out.
1: And what a, what a draft class that is to find, you know, those two guys in the second round and Hearns undrafted. And for Marquise Lee to actually do something be more than like a screen catcher, and a pump returner has been you know really cool to see because he's really fast and dynamic.
0: Right, yeah. And it's really been the first season that we've actually seen him healthy. Um, mm-hmm. So we're kind of seeing him contribute. And yeah, I mean, it is a great, that's the thing with this year. And I'll kind of ask you in a second about the perception of the Texans media and the fans is that, you know, for us, I mean, we've certainly been underperforming. I mean, not just this year, but the prior years. And my opinion is, is that we've drafted well and that we have the talent, but we just don't have the coaching. And so, uh, you know, that being said, because we always like To hear an outsider perspective on how you know other teams and and media and fans look at us, you know what's the perception out there about how the Jaguars look and how we performed this season?
1: I, I mean, I think most Texans fans they hate the Colts and they hate the Titans because they kind of came from Houston and like they hate the Colts because of all the games they lost to them. They hate. The tight ends because of emotional reasons, and I think a lot of them think that you know the Jaguars are you know cute and funny, <laughs> and that sort of thing. I think this is how they're looked at but yeah, I mean like as far as the Jaguars go like i really I enjoy watching them play because there's so much there's a lot of talent there. And I think the biggest problem this year has just been Bortles hasn't, you know, taken the next step. He still has accuracy problems. He still is making, you know, dumb mistakes that really put them in a hole. And they're just sloppy. Like Kansas City game, there's just too many turnovers, like that Ivory fumble into the end zone, those interceptions by Bortles that really killed him in that one. And so I think the talent is there, but it's just like not quite not quite turned all the way yet. But uh yeah, the Jaguars are a fun team to watch. And I also like how how bad they've been since you know 2008 how it's just spread this like really hilarious and you know thoughtful funny internet culture as well too
0: <laughs> that's good and it's always good to be known as the the cute funny team in the division that uh makes us sound really intimidating so um, <laughs> i don't i don't know how excited i am about that but that that's fine yeah,
1: yeah. they all they call uh they call the colts the clots they call uh the titans you know some curse words from Mesopotamia, and then they call the <laughs> they call the jaguars the glitter kitties. So yeah. I don't know how much better that makes you feel, but those are kind uh, of the, the Texans' nicknames for everybody else.
0: Yeah, not much better. So I uh, appreciate that recap, though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would imagine, and I don't look at any of the any of the the lines or who's favored against who, but I would probably imagine the Texans are obviously favored this Sunday, and uh, you know I, I I would imagine that you guys. Or I think you guys are shooting for your third divisional victory, um, to kind of solidify that lead even further. You know, we're desperate for a win. What about the Jags scares you as a possibility that we could possibly get an upset victory?
1: Well, one, the defense is good in Jacksonville. They're really fast. They tackle very well. They cover, you know, pretty well. And, uh, and I really, one problem is just like the pass rush isn't that great, but the Texans offense has been so bad this year. So, the run string has kind of been Lamar Miller getting outside the tackles has really been it. And the Jaguars have a fast defense that's really good at tackling. So I don't think this running game will be able to do very much outside the tackles. I think it's been a lot of running the ball off the middle and trying to get DeAndre Hopkins against Devon House as much as possible. So I think one is that Houston's going to have a really hard time scoring anything more than 17 points, which they've had a hard time doing, you know, against worse defenses like Detroit and Indianapolis. And the second thing is that the Jaguars, you know, run game hasn't been good, like I said earlier, but it looked really good last week. You know, they were able to move guys, they were able to create big holes. You know, Ivory, like I said, Ivory and Yeldon weren't breaking its of tackles, they were just running straight forward with you know, burst and speed and decisiveness, and the Texans have issues stopping the run this year. And so I think for those two reasons, just I don't see Houston being able to move the ball very well. And then also if the Jaguars have any sort of consistency on the ground, that's gonna be a big problem for Houston too. So you're saying there is a chance? Yeah, I think so. I, I, my prediction. I have Houston winning twenty three twenty, and I think it's just gonna be a one possession game because that's how most Texans games have gone. I think it's gonna be a close game, and like a lot of Jaguars games have been too. And the guy I do the show with, he actually picked Jacksonville to win. I think like seventeen to three. Like he really was uh, pessimistic on. This game, especially Sexton's offense against the Jaguars defense.
0: Wow, okay. Well, I am definitely linking that show now to make sure I put that out (laughs) there. So we'll put that, I'll put that extra, you know, bold italics underlined in the uh, description for sure. Um, Well, cool. Um, Definitely appreciate you taking the time just to kind of, you know, run through that uh, briefly for us. You know, again, I I like to kind of know give a, a different perspective on the games and and especially from another fan's perspective just to see you know what you guys think about us and 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 kind of how you're looking at the game ahead so we certainly appreciate it um again matt is from the battle red blog which we will link up as well as well as the battle red uh radio uh show that we'll put in there as well um so again a good follow on twitter you can follow him at mbw987 on twitter Um, go ahead and add them to your scouting list for divisional, uh, opponents. So that way you can kind of check them out during the season and in the off season. And, uh, thanks again, Matt. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Corey. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And as a reminder, Down by the Bank is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you could, please leave a rating or review on iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates on new episodes. Talk to you guys later.